Welcome back to another episode of GEMS Podcast with Genesis Amaris Kemp, where the core pillars are to educate, inspire, and motivate. Sit back, relax, and enjoy this segment. Welcome back to another segment here on GEMS Podcast. With me today is a very special guest by the name of Donna Bollinger. And for those of you that are new to the community, welcome. For those seasoned listeners, thank you so much for tuning back in and continuing to support the mission and the brand. And before we dive in, I'm going to tell you a little bit more about Donna. Donna Bollinger is a mother of four, an athlete, a coach, an announcer, a basic life support instructor, an ocean safety expert, and a singer-songwriter. So maybe she'll sing for us, y'all. As she energizes and inspires people, she also teaches the importance of life-saving skills, which is something that we dismiss, but it can always come in handy. So how I want y'all to think about this. How many of y'all were ever told to take a CPR first aid training and you said, why do I need to take that? Is that ever going to be useful? But then later on down the line, hindsight 2020, you were actually in a predicament where you actually had to use CPR. And you're like, I'm so glad I took CPR and first aid training. Think about it. Now we're going to bring on Donna Bollinger, where we're going to learn a little bit more about her book and some of the incredible work that she's doing. And her book is called Break That Grip, but then she's also passionate about children. And you're going to find out more later in the conversation. So stay tuned. Without further ado, welcome Donna Bollinger. Thank you, Genesis. I'm so happy to be on your podcast. My pleasure, Donna. And we're going to dive into the connection part of the segment, which is the fun part. So there are two options here. We could either do a rapid fire 10 question game or break the ice. What would you like to do? Uh, I think break the ice, please. Okay. <laughs> we're breaking the ice with Donna. <laughs> So Donna, I want you to share something crazy that you have done in your life that ended up being character building for you or a fun and interesting fact about yourself. And if you're feeling frisky, combine both of them. All right. Well, I, um, I took a stunt driving course one time <laughs> and I absolutely loved that. I learned um, just a lot about how to drive a car, especially in water conditions, but um, <clears throat> it was character building because it was definitely something unusual for me to do. It was a big, um, a big car that was like a taxi car, but it was all emptied out. And we learned how to, just, you know, do 180s. And then we also learned how to do a 90 degree right into a parking spot, parallel parking, and how to do a full 360. And um, I just was so surprised when I got behind the wheel of those cars, how aggressive I, I was and fearless. So it just taught me that I've got some umption in my gumption. <laughs> that is amazing. And whenever you were talking about how you did that 90 degrees um, into a parallel parking, I'm a movie buff. So all I could think about was that movie Taxi with Queen Latifah whenever they were driving through and trying to catch the bad girls. Or I love the Fast and Furious movies and just seeing those, those tricks that they do with the cars 
it was just amazing. I was like, I can't imagine like, <laughs> I know I couldn't believe it when I was in this car, how, how much I loved it and the courage that I was able to muster up. That is amazing. And thank you for sharing that. So that concludes the connection part of the segment. Y'all, I hope you learned something fun and interesting about Donna. Now we're going to dive into the work that you're doing now, which is the main part of the segment. So you wrote a book called Break That Grip, but there is more that you did before you got to your book writing process. So give us an overview of your background. We already know you're a mother of four and you're very versatile and multifaceted, but walk us through a glimpse of your childhood and what led you to get involved in the avenues. All right. Well, when I was young, I had a very, very happy, bright childhood. My mom and dad were very inspirational and loving. I have two brothers and, um, I got into swimming at a young age, about nine years old, 10 years old. I was starting to do organized sports. You know, people get on these club teams and I showed a lot of promise. So everything else sort of got put on the back burner and I started just swimming, which a lot of people do these days with their kids. They get in the organized sports and then pretty much their childhood is sort of over and it's about the competition. And, um, and it was okay. I swam like my whole life, all through middle school, high school, great time on the high school swim team, even though the coaches, our club coaches didn't even want us to swim high school. I'm glad I did because that's where I started to flourish because um, uh, one day I was walking through the halls and a friend of mine said, Donna, I never see you smile. And from that point on, I said, I am going to start smiling. Just put a smile on my face. And I started to become, you know, a much happier person, you know, um, like back to what I was when I was young, when I, right be before I started swimming, I was doing performing arts. I got the lead part in a play called Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. I was the gum chewer Violet Beauregard, but it was, um, I was very much in that grip of competition and sports. And anytime I tried to get away from it, I couldn't relax unless I was in the pool, training, training, training. So that was sort of my mentality. And uh, today I do wanna help people that are in that scenario to realize that there is more to life than your sport. Um, so, but that served me well because I, out of, right out of college, I had a job in Maryland. I was selling wound dressings, which, um, was kind of interesting because I was a little bit of a hypochondriac. So I was calling on nursing homes, hospitals, um, and assisted living facilities. And I was the wound care specialist. And I'm a little bit of a hypochondriac. So I, the end of the day, I was married. But my, high, my college sweetheart asked me if I would marry him. And so that was not even a year into my career as a saleswoman. And he got drafted by the 49ers. So we moved out to California and I was able to you know, get back into trying to become an actress or a fitness model because I was really fit. I thought I had to become something and somebody and even started racing bikes like on a very high level. But another blessing in disguise, I broke my wrist. And I, I write about this in my book. I have um, broken, Bunyan's broken wrist and to children because um, I had to get my wrist fixed and I had bunions. I said, do it all at the same time. So I had cast on my legs and a 
cast on my wrist and I was able to get pregnant. And, uh, but I had a miscarriage, wow. but then that shot out the rocket of desire for me that I really wanted to get the bottom of getting pregnant. Like I didn't want to mess around. You know, I just, I was like, let's get straight to it. So um, I use this in my life. Like Donna, remember how you were able to get pregnant and have four kids in four years, although it began as a challenge and miscarriages, right? So um, I uh, was just mom and I loved it, uh, tour guide, because we would always have people come visit us in California. So my life revolved around serving others, whether it was my kids, which I absolutely adored, loved singing to them and um, taking them to all their activities. And then we would have a lot of visitors. So I, I didn't really get a chance to work on a career. But um, unfortunately, I guess the stress of all the time and the moves, like with the kid, four kids and all our moves and me trying to prove myself, I, I just exhausted myself because I was going to acting classes, auditioning. And um, somebody said to me, you know, you don't have to take all those acting classes. I want to help you. And so I started um, kind of becoming attracted to somebody else other than my husband. But it wasn't because of appearance. It was because I felt intoxicated with the conversation. I never realized that, um, like I study now, like why did I do that? My love language was um, uh, quality time. And I never made, we never made any quality time for each other. So we moved back to Florida in hopes to save our marriage. And I wound up getting a divorce and it was not what I wanted. I didn't want that for my kids. So ever since that, I feel like I've been trying to make up for something I did wrong. Mm -hmm. And uh, so I really um, suffer from guilt, shame, anxiety. And I <clears throat> was suffering from that. Uh, one summer, we all went to the beach and it was shortly after my divorce. And uh, we were all sitting on the beach having a couple Coronas with lime. And our kids were in the ocean. And somebody in our party said, are those our kids out there? And I turned around and I looked and my son, my nephew and another girl in our group was so far out. We could, I mean, they were, we could barely see them. And I just was instantly, I just had, I mean, I had to get in that water. I had to start swimming to them. And I prayed, oh, I, when I got my feet in the water, I said, God, please, help me with this. And I was swimming out there. The waves, you know, were coming up so high that I couldn't really see them at points. So let's and, pause there really quick because a lot has happened during that um, time period because you're like, go, 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 go. Like the energizer buddy, right? constantly seeking validation from like you being in competitive sports and just that competitive nature. And I almost want to ask, do you think that the competitive nature came from the organized sports or did you have the pressure from your family members, um, like maybe your parents to perform whenever you were in these organized sports? Because it, it could always be a twofold there. And then before you realize it, it's like all of that is carrying with you into your adulthood, kind of like you see, because you uh, met met your, your um, husband 
y'all were high school sweethearts, you said, y'all got married, you were not that long into your career, and then you followed him around because he got drafted. So then you had to lose a piece of yourself to, you know, then take on the role of a mother, but then also find your identity in a sense as well. So that's another layer there. So it seems like Donna didn't have time for Donna, because you were so busy trying to check off boxes and wear multiple hats. Then whenever you got that attention from that man who offered to help you it wasn't that physical attraction it was just that that man saw you and supported you so then you started to gravitate to that so some people would say you were maybe mentally or emotionally involved in a relationship not just not you weren't physically involved like you said it was just that support, that support and him saying that he could help you and et cetera. And then your home life was starting to crumble. And then, so you're like, oh, what do I do? And you mentioned, okay, well, you know what? We need to work on our marriage. So then that's when the aha moment came and you and your husband moved back to Florida, which he's now your ex-husband. You didn't want a divorce, but then because that divorce happened, it also pushed you into just opening up and just really hitting rock bottom in a sense, because, you know, who wants to, you know, be divorced with four children or from the love of your life, even though some people do reconcile their marriages later on in life. I just wanted to kind of pause and just summarize what I heard. Um, am I following you so far? Because it's, oh, it's absolutely. Absolutely. And um, I was, so I was suffering like from that shame and anxiety and guilt. And the only thing that could even help me, like if like we woke up on a Sunday morning, I would, my, I, I don't know if you've ever experienced anxiety, but it's like, I could barely breathe. And I had to get to church as fast as I could. And I started singing in the praise and worship band. And those words are what kept me afloat in life. And, but that I didn't even start to work on my mindset yet. I just felt like this is what I need. And I was grasping for it. That's why I totally believe in, in people having a spiritual connection because I didn't realize that I could cultivate that outside of church. Mm. So, um, <clears throat> so when I went out to save my son and nephew and this other girl, I knew there was a strategy for getting out of the rip current, but I did not trust it because I was a strong swimmer and I just wanted to get right back to shore. And it was my, my a little bit of my ego. And they, you know, sometimes they say your greatest strength can be your greatest weakness. So I did not pay attention to the strategy and I fought it and fought it and fought it. And then we made it in and as I was standing on the shore that day, it, it, this was a stark defining moment for me when I said, there's a lesson I need to learn. Because I felt like if I didn't slow down and if I didn't stop and almost ask for help, but ask for help from a higher power, I, everything was gonna be crumbling. And I didn't want that. I, if I went down, I would be okay with that, but I didn't want to go down because I had four kids to keep afloat. So that's when I started studying um, about how to manage your emotions. And instead of letting your emotions manage you, I studied the dance of anger. I just read about every book I could get my hands on 
to offer me some sense of relief. And then at the same time, I started a junior lifeguard program because I wanted to teach kids, you know, to manage the ocean. We even had big ocean safety days because um, a young man had drowned in our community from the Police Athletic League. So we, we did the James McGrath Ocean Safety Day. And as I was studying all of the strategies for getting out of a rip current, so these are the same strategies that I'm learning in the books like How to Manage Your Emotions or The Dance of Anger. It says you don't want to get angry at people. You want to recognize patterns and then do your best to change those patterns. So um, I just decided to, to write my first chapter of my book, right? And it's, it's, it's Let's pause really quick there to digest um, the, the content so far so the audience gets following along. So it's funny how you go through certain things and you're faced with a situation, but it's the situation that gives you a wake up call because you had you knew the strategies, but you were so determined because that mama bear instinct kicked in. And all you wanted to do was get out there to your son, your nephew, and the little girl that was with them. So you alleviated following the strategies because you were thinking based on your mind, not necessarily with the intuition and following what you learned. So I'm sure whenever you got back to shore, you were probably exhausted because anybody who knows if you're swimming against currents or riptides or anything like that, it can really exhaust you quickly. But the adrenaline is rushing and it's pumping because you got you got to get out there. You got to get out there. So your competitive nature is kicking back in or whatnot. But then we when you made it to the shore, there was something that gave you that realization that Donna, you need to take a step back because you're pushing yourself too hard. And I'm glad you realize that because a lot of people don't realize when they need to take a step back or kind of do the retrospective or introspective, because if not, you will hit a period of burnt out. And if you're burnt out, what good are you going to be for yourself and the people that you love that's in your life that's depending on you? So it's like the airplane analogy, when they get give the safety talk, in the event of emergency, once the oxygen is dispensed, you take it and you put on your mask first before you assist somebody else. But how many times in life do we take time to really put on our own mask, practice self-care, and et cetera? And I think because we're so busy trying to be people pleasers and we're trying to overcompensate that sometimes we end up undercompensating. And then when we hit that wall in that period of burnt out, you're like, why me? but you fail to realize the signs or the indicators that were going off. And those indicators, whether you're religious or not, it could be that still small voice. It could be that intuition, that discernment. Or for those of you that are non-religious or non-spiritual, I'm gonna use a car analogy. It could be the warning light that's on your dashboard whenever you're driving your vehicle. And if it says fuel is low, that's one warning line check engine light, that's another warning line. Another one we see in our vehicles, um, air pressure, your tires need air. But if you keep on going, then you're either gonna end up on the side of the road calling AAA, trying to wait for someone to tow you, your engine's gonna blow up, or you're gonna spend time in that mechanic shop paying 
more than you expected because you fail to realize the indicators and the warning lights going off. So I just gave it to you in a natural sense as well as a spiritual sense. And it's so important that we are mindful and intentional on whenever we are going through life and certain things are happening to us, but they're happening for us. And we pay attention to those different signals. Because if not, y'all, we're going to hit that period of burnout. And I think that's where Donna's leading us is how she broke that grip, how she had that realization. And she came into the understanding because she just said she started submerging herself in a lot of knowledge and wisdom by reading books asking questions and etc and I know we're getting close to our wind down time but Donna I just wanted to throw that in there so the audience could connect the dots and follow along with your story right well that's so right Genesis and so I came up with a strategy for kids because like you said um this is a practical strategy of how to get out of a rip current and some people don't know it and if they do know it they don't trust the strategy so I came up with SOAR since we were teaching the Junior Lifeguard Program. And um, so before this, the S is to, like if you're caught in a rip current, whether it's in the ocean or in life, you know, if you're in an argument with somebody or you're feeling overwhelmed, stop, observe your thoughts, and then how can you adjust these thoughts, right? Usually with appreciation. I can give you an example. My Our dog had to go to the ER yesterday and I'm here in North Carolina and he's down there in Florida. And I've grown pretty attached to this dog and I started feeling very guilty. I'm not there. He's probably sick because he's missing me. But then appreciation, I started to think. I said, you know what? Now he's getting attached to my boyfriend, you know? And, and just admit that I don't have to be everything to everyone, including a dog, right? Because that's what I've done my whole life. And then I had to refresh and reframe, reframe the picture that I want to see. That's the visualization point. So I sort of gave up on my break that grip story because as time goes by, um, the the whole idea of that rip current with my son and nephew, they they got older and they're like, mom, are you still on that rip current thing? And so I uh, was like, well, maybe it's too elementary. And so then it was about, this was about 10 years after this, the original episode, my brother got caught in a rip current and I went to save him. I knew at this point, whenever I go in the ocean, I wear fins fins because like the fins to me are like putting on leverage for like in the morning if you meditate if you read a book you got to start your morning out with something that's going to give you leverage for the day so a good book is like fins so I had my fins on when I went out to get my brother but we could not get out swimming parallel we, we just and sometimes you can't because and then you'll really panic because you're like I'm following the strategy I'm following the strategy and I, I wrote my mem- my book in memory of a young girl named Paige Miracle. She died on the very same beach where we were. And her mom reached out to me. We got to be close. And um, she said Paige knew to swim parallel. She, she was always taught. But um, so the point there is if you can't get out going parallel, just like your thoughts in life, if you can't do positive thinking, because sometimes it's just impossible to think positive. 
the best thing you can do then is just allow, allow. You got to adjust your direction or you have to allow your body to float or allow for the situation to start taking care of itself. Like we don't always have to control it because also the A can stand for ask, ask for guidance, but you have to be quiet enough to receive the answers. And I didn't, like I said, I didn't trust the strategy, but the more I apply it, the more amazing it is. And this is why I want to spread the word of this because of everything that's going on in our nation. I just feel like we have to develop future leaders with character who know how to respond. And at our junior lifeguard program, we taught CPR. And um, uh, it was when they were changing from breaths first to compressions, two breaths, 30 compressions. They said, the compressions are gonna come first. CPR is now gonna start with the heart. And I thought, well, here's another great message. CPR starts with a heart. So I break that grip, I wrote a rap, to go with it for the kids. Then CPR starts with a heart is about filling, like I use the acronym RISE for that one, soar for break that grip, RISE for CPR. That is before you respond, inhale. Like, you know how we just want to react, react, especially when you're tired, right, Genesis? Like you said, when you completely deplete yourself and your oxygen mask is like the last thing you're going to put on, you have to realize, okay, before I respond, bond or react in this situation, I need to inhale, stay warm, that's the S, because it's a lot easier to revive a victim in CPR if they are warm as opposed to cold. So you don't want to just cut off your relationship, especially if it's an important relationship with a family member, but you take that time, inhale, stay warm, keep the relationship warm. And, and how do you do that? Well, I had to learn that that was by loving myself and giving myself time, you know? And then, uh, and then um, E is then exhale and say what you need to say. I like and that because, you know, as you talked about the breathing, whenever you inhale and exhale, it's also helping with the parasympathetic um, system and it's causing you to remain calm because sometimes if your adrenaline is rushing, you're in that fight or flight mode and you just need to focus on your breathing and really being intentional about how you inhale, hold it and how you exhale and then it calms things down. And some people even do the um, box method where you inhale for four, hold it, exhale for four, hold it, inhale for four, hold it exhale for four and someone taught me that or the breathing on the with your five fingers because then you want to make sure that you're calming yourself down and you're just not responding in knee jerk because whenever you're in the thick of an in, um in an incident your heart is racing you may be sweating whether you're sweating on your face your hands are tingling and etc and then you start to make irrational decisions or you're not thinking clearly so that could cause you um especially whenever someone is you know, in that rip current, and you're like, I can't see, especially if you're like in the Caribbean where my family's from, like the salt gets in your eyes and all of that, you're panicking or whatnot. And then you forget to float, you forget to practice those safety techniques that you learn because you're just so nervous. But then what you said is you have to float and then you have to swim 
parallel. And some people forget about that whenever they're going through situations, but it's like in life too. You The same principles you talk about from an ocean perspective and life-saving perspectives um, out in the field can be applied to us personally and professionally and help us with our overall development. So I just really wanted to time in there because it's so much information that you, that you gave, so many gems the SOAR method, the RISE method, and et cetera. And all of this is, is not just applicable if you're out in a competitive sports. It's applicable in life, y'all. And no one tells you that life is going to be easy. And as Miley, said, Miley Cyrus says in this old school song that I love, it's always going to be an uphill battle. Okay. I'm always going to want to make it move. And I'm not a singer. So Donna, you're going to, I'm going to ask you to sing something on the way out of this uh, conversation, which we're going to wind down soon. And she just goes on to say, it's all about the climb because mm-hmm. y'all, you can't get to the top of the mountain if you don't take actions to start making the climb and start ascending. Right. Um, and also, like in my CPR wrap, I say, um, do what you can, lose count, keep compressing. Saving someone's life is the greatest of all blessings. And this is what I, I feel in my, in my heart that um, it's almost better to miscommunicate than to not communicate because at least you're trying. So I, um, there's a song I like. It's from the Bucket List movie called Say What You Need to Say. You know, say what you need to say, say what you, and then even as the eyes are closing, because you, wouldn't you rather make an effort to improve things? Like I met my parents here and they're like, there are patterns that I'm trying to change in, in my life for future generations. So we've been having to do some communicating, maybe a couple emails. Sometimes it's better to just write it down and make it brief, but do it in love you know, no judgment, just explain yourself um, and then what your requests are, because we don't, we won't know each other unless we, you know, communicate. And I think that's very imperative for the world today, because it's like, we can't even say a thing without getting attacked. And then somebody wants to hold it against you forever. So we're all in fear. I mean, I don't think we should be reacting you know, and make causing more problems, but we have to learn to communicate and then extend forgiveness and grace. If somebody says something wrong, maybe you misinterpreted it or maybe they didn't communicate it well. So my goal is to teach these two messages, break that grip, CPR starts with a heart to the younger generation and let them, it's, teaching them actually to do their own thinking, do their own thinking, and then believe in themselves, even after they mess up, like I did, because my life could have been over, I messed up, and I, you know, I begged forgiveness, but, um, but my life wasn't over, and I'm determined to make something good come out of it, I so love we don't that. repeat these same patterns. I love that, break that grip, 
and CPR starts with the heart. And now based on your life experiences and the circumstances, it gave you the growth, it gave you the resilience and the empowerment to help somebody navigate their journey. And I'm gonna read a few stanzas from this song called um, Confidence. It's by Sanctus Real. Um, do you know that song, Donna? Maybe if, if I hear it. I will. So I'm going to read the lyrics and then we're going to jump into the CTA where you could tell our listeners how to grab that book and accept and plug your contact information. So Sanctus Reels, uh, it's once again, the name of the song is called Confidence. And the lyric says, I'm not a warrior. I'm, I'm too afraid to lose. I feel unqualified for what you're calling me to. But Lord, with your strength, I've got no excuse because broken people are exactly who you use. So give me faith like Daniel in the lion's den. Give me hope like Moses in the wilderness. Give me a heart like David. Lord, be my defense so I can face my giants with confidence. And then the third stanza, I'm going to leave it here. It says, you took a shepherd boy and made him a king, so I'm going to trust you and give you everything. I'll be a conqueror because you fight for me. I'll be a champion claiming your victory. And as I heard your story, that song drop, dropped into my, into my spirit because how many of us need to be like Daniels in the lion's den? How many of us need to have hope when we're in the wilderness and life is taking us through a hell of a storm or we're in a mess, but we don't know right then and there that that mess is going to cur curate our message or a heart like David Donna talked about the heart with CPR, and sometimes we need that savior and that protection to be our defense. Who would have thought that someone as small as David would slay a, slay a giant like Goliath? And this is not to be religious, but you could take the lyrics of a song, whether it is a Christian song, whether it's a secular song, or etc. And you, if you really listen intentionally to some of the lyrics versus the beat and just rocking out, you could hear the emotions behind the song and see how it speaks to you. When I went through my trials, it was songs and music that helped me get through it, plus my faith. And one, one last thing I'm going to say, because I think it's important if I don't read this stanza. It says, I'm going to sing and shout and shake the walls. I won't stop until I see them fall. This is about us getting our walls down because, and the reason why I wanted to say that is because Donna teaches you how to break that grip. I'm going to stand up, step out when you call Jesus, Jesus. I'm going to sing and shout and shake the walls. I won't stop until I see them fall. Going to stand up, step out when you call. And I know that was more than three stanza, but I think it ties in great with your story, Donna, because we see how you went through your personal trials and tribulations, how you went through testing. But the testing produces your testimonies because you had multiple victories, how you endured mess when your life was crumbling and things were falling apart. But here you are, here you are now standing whole and complete. You're still on your mission. Your mission is not over because you're still living and breathing. But you mm -hmm. mentioned a boyfriend. You seem happier. Um, you seem happy. Even though you lost your marriage, you know, there was some restoration there. You're, you're not with your ex-husband, but you do have a partner right now, a boyfriend that's helping right, you. Right. You have your four children, even though you had miscarriages and losses there, 
you still had sovereignty where you were able to have a have not just one child but multiple children whereas some people who have miscarriages are unfortunate to get pregnant again so there's different things that you went through in your life that restored you and now you're helping people right I have a lot more empathy and definitely not as judgmental so those are things I wish I maybe would have learned earlier so that's why I would like to teach the younger generations especially because you know when you hear about the school shooting in Texas yeah I mean, what can we do? We can't say, well, there's nothing I can do. There is something we can do. We can all start at this, you know, in the early stages, teaching kids to know how to get out of strife over and over. It's not just something you do once. You do it repeatedly, 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 and then how to become a good responder. So, and uh, one thing in the SOAR strategy, I say, see yourself back on shore, right? But a lot of times we're not going to get back to where we wanted to go. We can't get back. A lot of people just want to go back. I wish I could go back to that. I wish I could rewind. I wish I could do that over. But that's where we have to have faith that God's doing something different. We've got to allow that to happen and trust and have faith. And I think that's what gives us that lift to create a brighter life for ourselves and others. Amazing. And now we're going to jump into the CTA part of the segment and close us out. So Donna, what is your call to action for the audience? I know you have the book, so tell them where they could purchase your book and then share your website and where you primarily hang out on social media for those social butterflies out there. All right. Well, I've got my book on Amazon, Break That Grip. It's not very long because I wanted it to be um, simple and concise. But at the end of every chapter, I have your turn to soar and your turn to rise or your turn to wrap. So after every chapter, there's a prompt for you to journal along, which is is the best therapy. So, and I'll put, you know, S. O-A-R, and I tell my story, which will tell help you to be able to tell your story and write that ending the way you want to see it. And then there's, but there is an action journal that goes along with it. All the questions are in the book, but if you need more space, you can get, get the action journal, Break That Grip Action Journal on Amazon as well. But if you go to my website, DonnaBollinger.com, and if you put your email, I will email you a PDF of the action journal. And that's good for the people who get the ebook because if they're reading the ebook, they can print out the action journal to journal along. And I have some uh, blogs on my website and I'm gonna start doing more videos, video blogs, cause that's what I do enjoy the most. I put some music up there and I, I'm, I've done segments of my, I have a drug-free rap that's really about taking control of your mind. And um, we're going to put little segments every day. And so it'll be on my website. It'll be on Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, and I'm going to start TikTok. 
Amazing. And Donna, I want to thank you for coming into the community today, sharing more about your background story and your book, and just for the work that you're doing on the forefront, as well as behind the scenes to help people at all levels, even though your avatar right now is youth. There's definitely a lot of adults that could benefit from the content that you put out there. Audience, don't forget to like, comment, follow, and subscribe. We're on 40 plus platforms. You could also see this video on our YouTube channel by going to GEMS, G-E-M-S, with Genesis Amaris Kemp. And lastly, but not least, where would I be without my supporters? You only, you know, I only think about you. I want to thank each one of you for supporting the subject matter experts that come into the community, as well as the mission and movement, which is to curate content that is educational, inspirational, and motivational, while we also bridge the gap for the need of diversity, equity, inclusion, and belonging, because it takes all of us coming together to make this world a better and brighter place because we each have some amazing gems to add. Hence the name of the show, Gems. And I challenge you to understand how you need to break the grip in your life. Take five to 10 minutes to journal today, write out your feelings and then reflect on what you wrote down and then really get in a quiet place to be at one with your thoughts and see what are your thoughts saying and are they fueling you or are they distracting and derailing you? And if they are, you could always reach out to me. I am a visionary life coach. I coach, um, that's my paid business. Or you could reach out to Donna if you need help with some additional support. Until the next guest, next segment, my big ask from you is for brand sponsors. It is paid sponsorship to continue the movement and the mission behind the podcast. You can find more info by going to genesisamarscamp.net or sending me a personalized email to genesisamarscamp at gmail.com. And you'll also realize that we're ranked in the top 2% globally out of 2.8 million podcasts per the metrics on www.listennotes.com is where you'll see those metrics and you can fact check me, do your research. So until then, peace, love, and lots of blessings. Have yourself an amazing one. Thank you for listening to another segment of GEMS Podcast. Hope you enjoyed this recording. Make sure you like, comment, share, and subscribe to GEMS Podcast on your audio platform, as well as our YouTube channel, GEMS with Genesis Mars Kemp. We would love for you to be a sponsor, so please reach out via email at GEMS, G-E-M-S, with W-I-T-H, Genesis, G-E-N-E-S-I-S, Amaris, A-M-A-R-I-S, Kemp, K-E-M-P, at gmail.com, where your brand, your swag, your services can be here on GEMS Podcasts.